Well, thank you. Thank you for being here. Welcome. This is going to be very, very brief. Uh, I have been attempting to bring a message on the redeeming of time, and we've sort of been doing that in between, but again, the Lord had something different, and uh, early this morning, He put in my heart uh, about portion, and I, I want to just seal what we've experienced in the Spirit with discernment and understanding of portion because I think it's very important for you. I don't think I know. If you're online, we want to welcome you again for joining us and for those of you who are watching afterwards and watching us on YouTube, keep with us. There's a flow of the Lord moving in this house and uh, some wonderful things are happening at, at many, many different levels and places. So I want you to stay engaged and plugged in and watch what the Lord is doing with us and for us. David said in Psalm 16:5, I want this to be something that etches into your spirit and your heart right now. Psalm 16:5, David said, Lord, you alone are my portion in my cup. You make my lot secure. There are many scriptures about portion in scriptures, both in the Old and the New Testament. Now, the Hebrew word for portion has to do with a ration. It's a ration. It's a part of something uh, divided. And so when the Lord is our portion, it means that he has divided something in his inheritance for you. You're not dividing the Lord. The Lord's indivisible. He is dividing something for you. Now, the, the New Living Translation that is used for portion uh, defines it as an inheritance. Similar as in Psalm 16, 5, that, Lord, you are my inheritance, and you make my lot, my inheritance, secure. Everything that's mine is secure. Now, where this comes from is out of Numbers 26. You can read it on your own. I don't want to spend the time here right now. And, and that's when the Lord was giving his dictate uh, through Moses about the land. And through Joshua, and he said the inheritance is a reference to an allotment of land. So inheritance has a natural application. There is inheritance. There's all kind of laws that kick in about inheritance, isn't there? If you haven't planned an estate or you don't have it properly uh, apportioned, then there's a court that's going to get involved and try to determine who the right heirs are. Who are the heirs that have a right standing to receive that which is there. Well, for you and for me, that heir has already been declared in the spirit realm. That's Jesus Christ. We are co-heirs with him. We inherit what he has inherited from his allotment with the Lord. And so while we have an allotment of land, a family of inheritance was extremely important and still is in Hebrew society, and it is also throughout the entire earth, isn't it? When people pass on and they leave confusion with their families, typically what happens is infighting, confusion, somebody wants the same thing somebody else wants, and at the end of the day, you need a law to determine if there's nothing to go on, what the portion is that remains with that family or with that person. They had next of kin laws in the Mosaic law. If there was a widow 
and there wasn't a son, because at that time it was passing on through the mail, the widow would get the portion, and somebody would have to claim her as a kindred. Some, there was a kindred law, and that person was called the Gael, the, the one who would be the kinsman redeemer, G-O-E-L, Goel. And that Goel essentially became Jesus Christ, our deliverer. He's the one who claimed everybody. Uh, and if somebody claimed that widow, and it typically had to be a kinsman to the husband that passed on, then that inheritance that was hers would funnel in to that redeemer, that kinsman redeemer. Now, scripturally, inheritance means much more than property. And we understand that the Israelites came to learn that God himself was the portion of their inheritance. You can receive that in Jeremiah 10, 16. And in the New Testament, inheritance is very prominent in Christ. You are an heir by being a virtue of being a, a, a son of God and from God the Son. And through Christ's redemptive work, believers are adopted and become fellow heirs with Christ. Let's just look at that scripture a moment in Romans chapter 8, verse 17. Romans chapter 8, verse 17. This is important for you to grasp and to hold on to, especially with what the Lord's done. And if children then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. You're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Now, you know, if, if all you're doing is glazing the words with that, it really doesn't hit you between the eyes or in the spirit like it should but I want to do that. The portion of your inheritance is extremely important. And your inheritance in the spirit is more important than your inheritance on earth. You may or may not inherit a lot from a family on earth. Or you may inherit things that you don't even appreciate and respect. It has come very evident to me, especially recently, as people have passed on and I've watched some families struggle with what to do with the things that they have, that all of those things, those possessions are meaningless. They have no value. They're gone. They're absolutely gone. And the only value that's there is the value of the legacy of the Spirit of God that is passed on. And interestingly enough, that people that I know that are in the Lord, they seem to be having the same consideration in their last days and in their last hours. What will happen with the things of God, my legacy in the Lord? What will happen with those things? And I've appreciated and understand it more than ever that those things are extremely valuable because of the anointing that goes with them. Marlene, would you pick up the flag, that, uh, the two flags from, and bring them up here, please, that we had this morning that we showed. I want to show you something. Now, this is from Mother Marion, who passed on uh, last month and, and so, and her deathbed wish to me was that I would be responsible to preserve these things. And I let her know that, in my estimate, those aren't things. Those are anointed treasures of God that will long, long uh, be preserved and last in her during more than the other things and possessions that she has, most of which have already been scattered and distributed. If we hold these up, you hold one and I'll hold the other. Can you see the anointing on, feel the anointing on these things? 
when she was un unraveling them and holding them in the back and I came underneath them, I literally got the goosebump anointings. And, and it, it just confirmed to me the portion of the Lord that we have is, is it, it does not, it's not, it doesn't uh, rust, it's not moth, it can't be corrupted in earth. These are treasures that are put in heaven that come down on this earth. And these are toils and things that have been prayed over that have been carefully determined and then used to minister the things of the Lord. Now, Marlene and Art, bless their hearts, they've been toiling very strong to keep things organized and preserved. We also know, thank you so much, we also know that you know recently Sue Vitali passed on and in her last two years as she approached uh, my wife, Laura Lee, it was to make sure that she had a safe place for the things that she had prepared for the Lord for 10, 20, 25, 30 years. And again, the Lord pointed her to this house. Why? It's because we understand and promote and preach the code of honor in the kingdom of God. The code of honor. And the code of honor is what walks with integrity and understands when God gives us things that are precious to Him, we're not to treat them as the things of the earth. They don't have monetary value. They're not made for trading and selling. They are dedicated to the Lord. How many of you know that what you dedicate to the Lord is not your right to sale? I have taught you, and I'll tell you again, don't dedicate your car or house to the Lord unless you intend to never get rid of it. And you're just going to give it to Him. I couldn't sell a house in Florida that had me strangled for several years because we thought at that time that it was wonderful to be so holy to just dedicate the house to the Lord. Well, guess what? I kept paying the mortgage and kept fighting to pay the mortgage through the recession and up. And when I finally got the revelation that, wait a minute, this Lord, I'm, I'm trying to sell what I dedicated to the Lord. I changed my dedication. I said, Lord, you either pay it off and take it. I'll give it to you. Or let's undedicate it and sell it. It sold the next month. Sold the next month. This church, the portion of the Lord, was dedicated to the Lord starting back in 1790s. And it went through several iterations. It burned down a couple times as they were moving it and rebuilding it. Finally ended up here because they were going to put the freeway through where it was. And the freeway didn't go through there because the Lord wanted it here. And he put it on a bigger lot, and that little fellowship area with the beams was the whole church. And then they added the little chapel, and then they added on and added on, and today this is a, almost a 25,000 square foot edifice unto the Lord, dedicated unto the Lord. But when another church decided they wanted to move to a bigger complex, God bless them, they put this church for sale. Well, guess what? It couldn't sell to anything but to the Lord. And I didn't understand why, but the Lord at that hour and that time, as I was walking around this place praying with a house just about a mile away from here, back in 1998, and I saw the sign go up, my, my spirit sunk in my heart. And I didn't understand about the inheritance portion that I've just shared with you, but I knew something. The Lord was grabbing my attention. And the Lord said to me, I want you to buy this place, and I want you to preserve it for me. Well, you see, the Lord was watching out. Listen to me. For his inheritance and for the inheritance of all those saints that passed on those witnesses that are in heaven that had dedicated and declared this to the lord you have a work unto the lord keep it unto the lord don't let anybody else touch that work you must watch that work like a lion and a lioness you must protect it because wolves will come in and they will use it with the spirit of Baal. 
Now, Laura Lee and Patty are on a, on a little retreat together. And they went to, a, to a, a, some kind of a conference. And that was good. It was in Tampa. And they went there. And all of a sudden, the spirit of Baal came out in the midst of the miracles. And this man, I'm not going to give you his name. There might have been, from what I saw from the camera, 100, 150 people in there. I don't know. But he declared that 20 people were going to give him $1,000. And the minute I heard that, I declared the Lord give him nothing. Nothing. I declared not one person give him $1,000. I don't know if they did or not. Because that was the spirit of Baal. That was taking a precious thing God had trusted to that man with all the gifts that he had. Moving in miracles. So when this went for sale, the Lord said, preserve it. My wife and I took a walk the next week several times, and she agreed with me. So we sewed into it, began to preserve it. And it, it, it took years for it to become what God wanted it to become. A lighthouse to different areas of the world. The glory of the Lord coming through the top of this place. Going to the four corners of the earth. Just a little house in the wilderness that speaks out beyond its walls. With an impact because of the anointing of the Lord. Because of the integrity and preservation to say, what we do, we shall do unto the Lord, but with excellence. God gives you a ministry, treat it with excellence. God gives you something to do, treat it with excellence. Don't let anybody try to degrade what God has given you to do. You keep it at excellence. But do what you do as unto the Lord. And don't sit and wonder whether you should be doing something else or serving a different way. Joshua served 40 years for that moment to cross over. And the people that crossed with him were a whole generation that were allowed to move because they were the ones that weren't disobedient when God said to go. God puts a lot of people in a lot of places to serve. A vision, the vision of what God has. Do you know what the vision is? We researched it and found out and JP spent a couple months researching things, going to the cemetery, looking at looking at, 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 at gravestones, trying to figure out. We've had, we've had supernatural visitations in this house. We've had visitations in that chapel where chimes have gone off. And we've looked around while we're praying and there's no phones, there's nothing. Chimes have gone off. In the fellowship hall, chimes have gone off. I've sat here and I felt the presence so strong sometimes alone with the lights out as I've been praying. And I could feel the presence. And over and over and over again, the scripture came to me. There are many witnesses in heaven that are celebrating and worshiping with you. And those witnesses declared in this place, these were Germans that came over, found their way through Pennsylvania down into this way to bring part of the Lutheran movement with them. That's what started it. Do you believe that? Because they were breaking away from religion and culture. They just got it wrong about the Jews. But... God got it straightened out for them. And they broke off and they came into this area and their desire was to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ in revival to the Western Reserve area. And over and over it tried to get, get destroyed. Two fires burned it down. And then ultimately to be sold. And you know who some of the suitors were? A funeral home. They wanted to put a crematorium here. <laughs> Burn dead people while the Lord wants to burn live people in the fire of his glory and power. A realtor that wanted to, to just put a shopping center here. A kindergarten that wanted to put a place here. 
And even though we struggled through some tough times, we, we went through tough times, somehow or another, we held on to this place. We had to put a mortgage on it. We had to do the things we had to do to keep it going. But God held on to it. And the Lord kept it because this is the inheritance of the Lord. And that's how hard the Lord will hold his portions for you. God has given you a portion. Don't ever, ever fall asleep or begin to feel sad about the portion of what the Lord has given you. Your portion is the Lord. And your inheritance has been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You will never go poor as long as you keep the Lord as your portion. I promise you that. I'm not telling you you won't struggle. I'm not telling you you might have to push a boulder uphill. But you will with the power of the Lord. How can you ever appreciate what the Lord will do for you unless you see him do something for you? Every time I walk in this place, I am amazed of what the Lord has done. When I see you, I am so amazed that all the way back in 1998, the Lord knew that he would put us together. Some of you maybe weren't even born. huh? Some of you were still a dream. Some of you maybe weren't even walking in the Lord and others of you, you were in other places like I was and we were. But the Lord put us together for a mission and for an understanding. And the Lord is our portion. There's a Hebrew word for vision. It's called chazan. C-H-A-Z-O-N, chazan. It's the same word used for the book of the Bible called Revelation. And in it, there's one scripture that says, without a vision, the people perish. But really what it is, is without a revelation, the people perish. And there was a period that we understand through the Old Testament when revelation was not flowing with the people anymore. It was stopped up. And it was the time of Samuel because the priests were defiled. Eli was defiled. And because at that time, God couldn't entrust somebody with his revelation. How would you like to live in a period of time when nobody was receiving anything from God? They were just going through the motions. Beloved, beloved, a vast majority of believers today are just going through the motions. Yes, God continues to bless, but it's not the portion that God has. That portion is divided unto us as we are those who are obedient to God in what God has placed us to do. And then we hear that tremendous statement that comes out, for me and my house, I shall serve the Lord. What shall we do? Your portion is a tremendous inheritance of God. Yes, it'll manifest with this. But if all we teach the generations after us is the comfort level of money, we fail them tremendously. Sometimes it's better for our children not to have everything they want. Sometimes they need to learn no. Sometimes they need to understand that their portion is the Lord. Their comfort, their level, their beauty isn't in things. This world is headed to a place where Babylon shall soon be the primary form of government in this earth. It's almost there now. The economies, the way everything is merging and going, the world systems, those things that are being challenged and pushed and move, the cost of goods. Who would have believed a year and a half ago that you would have gone to grocery stores in Canfield, Ohio, or Youngstown, Ohio, or Hermitage, PA, or wherever you're at, and find that there are shelves empty with goods? Who would have believed it? That's just a foreshadow of what's coming. It's a taste. 
But you know something? For me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. We shall seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, knowing he's going to supply all of our needs, no matter what. You know why I know that? First of all, because his word says that. You know why else I know that? Because I've been without. I've been buried so far under that there was no way out in the real world system. And here I am. And the Lord flourished me back. Why? Because he is my portion. The enemy steals from you when your inheritance is the Lord. This is, remember something. A lot of people scoff at the law. Don't scoff at the law. Jesus came to fulfill the law. God doesn't make something. He's the same yesterday, today, today, and tomorrow, and then erase it. So the law of God isn't something that governs whether we have a right standing with God. We have a right standing through Jesus Christ when our sins are forgiven and we're made the righteousness of God. But the law of God is not to be scoffed at. We lose a lot of, of our potence and discernment in the portion of God when we scoff at the law of God. You know what the law of God says? If an enemy, if somebody tries to steal from you, the law of God says that you must be restored five times. Huh? How many of you like that one? You want to throw that law out too? Now here's a better one. If that thing, that person, that system is successful in stealing from you, you must receive a restoration of seven times. Seven times. Five or seven. I like them both. You know how many times I've declared that in my life and I've watched it happen? Hmm? How about Isaiah 41? Isaiah 41, 10 through 13. Let's put it up a moment. I just sent this to a friend of ours. You know him well. He'll be here soon. People are trying to steal from him right now. They're coming against him. I'm his pastor. I'm his friend. He has a very large ministry. I told him, stand back and watch what the Lord will do. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Next scripture. Behold, listen to this. All of those who are incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be as nothing. And those who strive with you, they shall perish. Next. You shall seek them and you won't even find them anymore. Those who contended with you, those who war against you, shall be as nothing, as a non-existent thing. For I, for I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, for I will help you. That is the portion of the saints of God. You know how many times I've seen the Lord stand up for me? Oh, it hasn't happened in that moment, not when I wanted it to. I wanted the pain to stop. I wanted the anxiousness to quit in that moment. I wanted an answer and a solution then. But God is faithful. When people come to steal what is yours, that God has given you, and especially when God has given it to you for the kingdom of God, you want to get as far away from them as you can because hell is about to break loose in their lives. It will happen many ways. I'm not ashamed to tell you in this community. We started Revival One. Why? Because we grasped the vision of Catherine Coleman when she came through here. And yes, there were scattered people who came through in little churches that were started, and that whole generation was dying off. But as I was saying, Lord, why did you bring me back here? Why am I here in a place where everything's fallen down? Why am I here looking at a place full of, 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 of issues? where you can't even breathe the air because of, 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 of the mold and the mildew that was in here. 
with four people. Why are you taking me away from thousands of people I was pastoring? And then I remembered Catherine Coleman. You know what my first introduction to Catherine Coleman was? Not in person. <laughs> huh? 18 years old. Shouldn't have been on the road on a motorcycle. Going by Stamba Auditorium with three other bikers. <laughs> while the people were walking in for Catherine Coleman. Hmm? That was my first introduction to her. And one of my friends told me the next year, I went to one of those things to see what it's about. He says, I got saved. I said, saved from what? I said, you're doing the same things you were doing. What do you say from me? He says, no, but I'm saved. He just hadn't transformed yet. And then I began to research Catherine Coleman, and I realized what she imparted to this area. And guess what? What I liked the most was she was a very imperfect vessel. She was betrayed, hurt, beat down, scoffed, persecuted, ridiculed. I said, Lord, I can relate to this. God used her mightily here. She deposited something here. And I could hear those witnesses in heaven crying out, Lord, Lord, let the glory of the Lord go forth from this area. And it's still happening. It's going to happen more. So we, we called Revival One at Stamba Auditorium. And I reached out to all of the leaders. I'm not going to name them. But there were seven of them that called themselves the gatekeepers of this area. Yeah, they appointed themselves as gatekeepers. And they called me to a meeting. I thought they were going to call me and say, we want to get with you, brother. We want to. They were trying to tell me I was nothing and I hadn't had their approval and I needed not to do it. And that they were going to tell their people and their churches not to deal with us. All we were doing was lifting up the revival of the Lord in Stambo Auditorium. It was a body slam. Oh, I didn't walk out of there rejoicing in the Lord. I walked out of there like this. I walked out of there done. But then one woman stood up, Andrea Mahone. She came to me. She said, Frank, I inherited, I inherited, I inherited, I inherited a little bit of money from my father. And the Lord put it on my heart. I want to rent buses for people to come to Revival One. And the Lord said, son, you took it to the princes. You took it to the princes. You took it to the kings that I have entrusted in this area. And they have refused to come to the banquet. So now go to the highways and byways and bring the people in. We bust in a couple thousand people, the revival one. We went to the projects in Warren and in Youngstown and all over the place. And people came. And I remember the one lady. Beautiful, beautiful. I could feel the anointing of God on this, this, this precious black woman. I could tell she'd been praying all her life. I wanted to see the calluses on her knees. She said to me, sir, thank you for this. I said, thank the Lord, my dear. She said, you don't understand. My granddaughter, she, she couldn't come here for her graduation because we couldn't afford it. She says, but now she's here. She appreciated it. She was appreciative of what the Lord gave for free. And the gatekeepers, they shut the gates. Fear not, for I am with you. And they will be non-existent. Not one of them, not a single one of them has a church in this area anymore. Not a one. Did I wish it upon them? No. The word of the Lord is true. Those who contended with me are non-existent. Same for you. We don't wish to fight our enemies, but we don't cower from them. They will be non-existent. It will be as if they didn't exist before. 
And it teaches us a lesson. Don't contend with the people of God. Uh-uh-uh. Watch our mouths, what we criticize and who we say and what we do. One thing I've learned, am I fighting for God or am I fighting for me? <laughs> am I bruised because of my ego or am I bruised because of the Lord? If it's your own ego, let it go. Who am I bruised for? Because if you're bruised for the Lord, you will be resurrected. Resurrection power will flow through you. And you will learn grace like you never do grace before. Like you never do grace before. I'm going to close with this. The Lord is your portion. Beloved, nothing is as valuable as the promises of God and the power of God. Remember this, you're a priest. If you have been born again, the Word of God says that He has created you and recreated you as a priest and king unto the Lord. As a priest of God, your portion isn't by your possessions here on earth. The earth is supposed to provide you your possessions to be a priest of God, to do the godly things because your portion is in heaven. You've been sanctified and set apart for the Lord. That is your portion. Now we work, we accumulate, we believe God for the finances. I believe we should all move to be debt free. And I believe if you make that your goal, you will get there. It might take you a while, it might take you some pain, but you will get there if you make that your goal. You may have to not spend money on some of the things you don't want to spend money on. You may have to change your priorities, but you will get there because that's your portion of God. You will get there. You need to believe you will get there. There's things you need to do to work to get there. But I want you to understand something. You are a priest before the Lord God Almighty. And when you understand and discern yourself as a priest of God, and that the earth is supposed to supply you your possessions so that you can serve God, it's a whole different mentality. That's my mentality. I have to work at that mentality. I have to work at that mentality that, Lord, don't let me fall in. Don't let me fall into the lure of the world where it's what I collect has value. Don't let me fall into the lure of the Lord where it's possessions that determine success or unsuccess. Don't let me fall into that lure of the Lord where my anxiety comes from the lack of. But let me go with the hope and understanding the glory of God and that everything that the Lord has is my inheritance and with abundance. Because what God does, He does richly with blessings, abundantly overflowing. Sonny, you had a mishap. You fell asleep for a moment. You let the drill go right through your thumb. But because you've been obedient to God, because you've prepared yourself beforehand, because God knows what a gift and a tool that is to you, He preserved it. He preserved it. He said, no, 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 that's my son. He needs that. He can't, can't be going around with a half a thumb. He needs to be able to play what I've given him to do because I've given him to do it and he's doing it. So God preserved it. You couldn't even pray it before God did it. He did it before you could pray it. All you could do is fight back the horror that was inside of you because you thought you lost something, but you gained a testimony in Lord Jesus Christ. You may feel like the report of the doctor, my dear, is a little tough on you, but what you're getting is a testimony in Jesus Christ. You're not gonna lose anything. 
you're going to have the portion that God has given you unto the Lord in Jesus' name. doesn't matter timing. <laughs> timing, timing is irrelevant because God's in time. And God sometimes wants everybody to have their best shot at something before he steps in and says, okay, now you're ready for me to do it. Now I get the glory. He may use a doctor's hand. He may use the skills. He may use all kinds of things. We don't put God in a box, but God, God is your portion. And in that, I know he will not fail you. God will not fail you. He will not let you down. You hold on to it. God will not let you down. God is your portion. Your greatest inheritance, nothing is as valuable as the promises of God. You are priests who have inherited all the blessings and power of God. And you are those that God has entrusted over his word. Final comment. We have a tremendous Bible full of word. We are blessed. We don't just have to wonder about revelation like in the time of Samuel. We don't need a single prophet to come out to point us the way and tell us the word of God. We don't have to have somebody get a vision only that somehow everybody can tap into and that becomes the new way to go. We have the word of God. We have the revelation of God that's given to us by his word and by his Holy Spirit, fresh revelation every day. We have the experiences of God. And we have a family, a family of God. We have people of God we can trust who can help lead and take us to places. We have worship. We have knowledge. We have discernment. You are so gifted as the priests of the Lord. Exercise as priests of the Lord. My final comment. Exercise as priests of the Lord. Don't answer your situations and problems with the ways of the world. Yes, you may have to formulate through those ways. Yes, you got to pay your electric bill. Yes, you got to go to the grocery store and get some food. Yes, you need tires on your car. All of this stat. But your answer isn't from what you can do yourself. Your answer is from the Lord. You are priests. You are priests. You are priests of the Most High. God. Amen. Father, I want to thank you, Lord, that you are our portion. I want to thank you, Lord, that you have made us priests and someday kings as well, Father. We have territories and dominion farther beyond of what we even know now. I thank you, Father, that you said everywhere we step and when we're walking on you is land that you have given unto us. I thank you, Father, that our portion is one that's abundant and pressed down and overflowing and meant to satisfy that which we need unto you and to glorify you. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you help us renew and transform our minds to walk worthy as priests unto you, our Lord God, to take our priesthood with something, Lord, that is endearing and that we present it the most of you all all. And Father, help us to redeem time let us redeem time as priests as if every day is our last day, Lord, for we never know what tomorrow holds. Let us have that unction, that urgency inside of our spirit that says every day is the most precious day I have, Lord, to work with you in it. Allow us to wake up in the morning, Lord, and say, what can I do that has an eternal consequence for you today, Lord? It might be small, it might be large. Just don't let me miss the moment. Help me, Father. Father, I thank you, Lord, to allow your Holy Spirit to flow through each and every person that's here and that listens online, wherever they are. 
that there be a provocation. A provocation, Lord, to become stronger and bigger and better in the things as a priesthood unto you in Lord Jesus' mind. And let us, Father, be those who walk without fear, but courageously, knowing, Lord, that you go before us and that you are with us and that you will make sure, Lord, that those things we have put our hands to in your name come about. Father, let us walk in the joy of the Lord. Not a joy, Father, because of what we expect that we need, but a joy in that future hope and glory that we have, that you indeed supply everything that we need in Jesus' name. Let us walk in that, Lord. Let us be blessed in that, Father. And most of all, Father, we bless you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. The Lord bless you. God bless you. If you'd like to say hi to uh, Nita and to Anwar, they're right up here. You can come out of your way a little bit and bother them. They'll, they'll appreciate it. They're fresh. You could still smell Pakistan on them. And to our friends and our beloved in Pakistan, we want to thank you. Anwar, would you come and, and, and say goodbye? You stand right here. I want you to look in the camera, and I want you to bless the people that are watching. Praise the Lord. मेरा ईमान है कि आपने आज के मैसेज के वसीला से बरकत पाई है कि खुदा हमारा हिस्सा है और यकीनन जब खुदा हमारा हिस्सा है तो हमें किसी चीज़ की कमी नहीं है क्योंकि अगर खुदा हमारे साथ है तो कौन हमारे खिलाफ हो सकता है खुदा उमदा आप सबको बरकत दें और खुदा कसरत से ब्लैस करें थैंक यू वेरी मच फर्स्ट फ्रेंक दैट यू शेयर एक्सीलेंट मैसेज आई एम सो ब्लैस्ड एंड गॉड ब्लैस माई टच हैवन फैमिली and all around the world those who are watching on Isaac TV and Eternal Life be blessed and keep watching Isaac TV and Eternal Life god bless you all amen